Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I return to the tribute to the life of renowned Hong Kong composer and godfather of canto pop, Joseph Ku Kafai, who died earlier this month at the age of 92. He would come to Hong Kong at the age of 17 and was influenced early on here by the many Filipino musicians playing in big bands, orchestras and clubs. Joseph Ku was one of three siblings, all accomplished. He played the piano and painted, as did his brother and sister. His brother was a drummer, his sister, Carrie Kumei, a famous singer. So if you'd like to hear the first programme on Joseph Ku's early years, I've put that on the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page, or you can also look back to the Hong Kong Heritage weekend of January the 14th and find it there on the Radio 3 website. Last weekend, of course, we were remembering the late Uncle Ray, who also left us this month. I was delighted when veteran singer Frances Yip said she would join me for an interview from Sydney because she is a key person to talk to about Joseph Ku. They worked together for more than 40 years alongside lyricist James Wong Jim. So, in the first programme, you can hear about Joseph Ku's childhood, Francis working with him, and James Wong on jingles and songs, and Robert Chua talking about Joseph Ku being musical director at TVB and working on the hugely popular live show Enjoy Yourself Tonight on television. So, let's pick up the story. It's 1973 and Frances Yip had gone to London to work with a renowned agent, Richard Armitage, and she recorded with EMI. So at this point, she's not working with Joseph. She had produced a very successful album called Discovery. So off the back of that, Frances is in London recording with EMI. But while she had that wonderful voice, it was proving difficult to make progress. And Joseph Koo had a new project for her. 
I released four singles and an album in London. In those days, my material is middle of the road, so it's not Radio 1, it's Radio 2. And in order to make an appearance on BBC Radio 2, I have to take the arrangement with me and go to that specific city, like BBC Manchester Orchestra, and work with them to sing live on the programme. Oh, how interesting. Right? So can't... massive studio yeah. then. Yes, massive studio, massive uh, orchestration. And, and you have to be very on the ball because you can't slip up. You must know your material. You must be punctual. So uh, I did that. And also uh, I went all the way up to Scotland. <laughs> I did Glasgow, <laughs> uh, Swansea. I did a, a lot of amazing places too. And you're singing in so, English at this point? In English, the album and the singles were in English. But you know how hard it is to break into the Western world, right, as a Chinese girl. And they wanted to put chopsticks in my hair and sing uh, ping pong song. And mm, I said, no, 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 I'm 26 years old. I want to be known for my voice. And I had a wonderful producer. He was Shirley Bassey's producer, Norman Newell. And he selected the album. And we had, you know, songs like Send in the Clowns. And it was really good material, but... Nobody knows me, so it was very difficult to break in. And then after two years of living in England, where the weather can be a bit depressing in the winter, I gradually sort of shifted back to, to Asia. And I worked a year. I would work six or seven months in each month in each city, singing in the big major cabaret rooms, like in the Mandarin in Hong Kong. I would sing in the Harbour Room, in the Hilton. I would sing in the Eagle's Nest. Uh, in the Shangri-La as a tiara room. So I, I did that six, seven months of the year. And then every time Joseph Koo had written a new theme song, I was not available because I wasn't coming back. So finally, TVB said, right, 1980, we're doing this gangster thing about Shanghai, the Bund. <laughs> Francis must come back, must come back. So I got this call from EMI. I said, can you please be back January 80? I said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I made sure I was there and I recorded the song, but we never expected it to be so big. But because the, the series is popular, good actors, good story, and it was the first time they used a movie-making method to make a TV series. A lot of live locations, real locations, a lot of, intercut, you know, much faster pace than than what they would normally do in a studio with three cameras. So it became quite phenomenal. When you're saying that, that yes. you needed to come back, so where did you actually mm. record the signature tune? In Hong Kong. For the band. In Hong Kong. And of course, that's, compo yeah. that's composed by Joseph Koo. Correct. There's a funny story attached to that. TVB had already finished making the thing and gave Joseph three weeks to write the song. He took two weeks and five <laughs> days to write. And then on the sort of like the second last day, rang up James and dictated the melody to James. And then at the last tag sort of said, oh, Francis is in the studio tomorrow at 11. You know, <laughs> this is like 11 at night. So James oh. is scratching his head saying, oh, my goodness. Oh, OK, OK, I'll see what I can do. And he was inspired. He wrote it in 20 minutes and then panicked because he's never been to Shanghai. So the first two lines of the song is long pan, long lao, which means the waves crash in and the waves crash out. Right. So he ran a Shanghai friend. He said, 
do you think they have waves along Wong Pao or would it be tide? <laughs> so his Shanghai friend said, well, sing it to me, sing it to me. So he sang it to his friend. And said, oh, don't change it. It fits too well. <laughs> so that's how in 1984, when I actually sang Shanghai Beach at the Bund, I realized there are no waves along the Bund, <laughs> only tide. So when you collaborate with Joseph Koo and James Wong or Wong Jim on this, mm-hmm. the band, I mean, it was a very successful show here for TVB, this drama. So you're well known for that. So you're continuing on. So this, I mean, I know, of course, that Joseph Koo worked with a multitude of singers, but he liked you, didn't he? I mean, it, it seems to be that you had, you know, you collaborated for decades. Yes, we, we worked closely together for more than 40 years, possibly because... Well, according to James, which I take it with a pinch of salt, he used to say, of course, we like to use you because you're cheap. Because as a, as a young singer, I never, I never queried, you know, oh, how much am I supposed to pay? And you know what advertising business is like? Sometimes you write a demo and you send it along and it, it get ignored and they say, oh, no, we don't want this. Then you don't get paid. And I never, I never moan about it and I never and if if sometimes I sing a a demo and then it becomes a reality and I sing the real thing I don't charge them twice so that's why James Hong said (laughs) we use you because you're cheap (laughs) because there are some more established singers would maybe insist on you know being paid every time they do something but for me it was a learning experience I wanted the experience and I have benefited hugely from that so I look upon them as my mentors, and I'm always very respectful to them. And we've done many concerts together in the Coliseum with a whole host of other artists. And both of them are always very, very sweet to me. And I used to be James Wong's neighbor. My study looks down at his study, and sometimes his wife and, and my husband and I, we, we would go on walks together, especially towards the last couple of years when he already had lung cancer and he was, you know, he wanted to try and have a more active lifestyle. So we used to go walking. And I admire them very, very much because they are so talented and they've done so much. I mean, Joseph's written more than 2,000 songs that are immensely popular. His work will, will live on, you know, for, and, and, and James, who died relatively young, more than 10 years ago now, in his early 60s, I think he was, I was devastated. But his work, not just in, in songs, but in books, uh, articles. Long time. 
谁无尽爱恨？龙虎争斗，成败也不去问。湖海漂泊，几多恩怨值得记挂？我愿我心。I'm so enjoying talking to you in Sydney, Francis. Here, thank you so much. Now, with Joseph Koo, he's recently, of course, passed away at the age of 92. Both of you, your careers really also are in partnership or in tandem with the the real success and the growth of Hong Kong TV. You know, and particularly TVB. Now, with Joseph and his penmanship, would you say that? I mean, was he a kind of? <laughs> I mean, perhaps to earn his money, but was he a composer for hire, or what would you say? Do you think that, you know, he was constantly training himself and investigating? You know, in this way that he started doing these operettas, for example, was he looking、yes. at different ways to expand his own knowledge? He is. He's always and forever learning. I can remember going back、uh, before. His retirement, he was still talking about new technologies. I think maybe 15 years ago, he approached me and said, "Oh,、uh, the Hong Kong Dance Company wanted to do, you know, a whole show based on all the theme songs. Can you sing Shanghai Beach?" And I went to the studio to sing it for him. It was a totally different arrangement. And he said, "Oh, this works better." You know, he's always and forever learning. He's a very creative man, and he really loves music. And after he retired in 2015, he spent his days painting. He listened to music, but he he didn't write too much anymore. But what is totally amazing with him is that he knows all the singers' voices very well. People have always commented to me that I sing Shanghai Beach very easily, but other people try to sing it; they find it very difficult. I said, "Well, that's simply because he wrote it for my range,、oh. and he wrote it with my voice in mind." And it's the same. Like Lisa Wong has a very, very different voice to mine, and yet he's written some songs that are very suitable for her that became phenomenally successful. So he knows his singers' voices, and he knows how best to use them. So he is always very creative, and he works really well under pressure. Although I said, you know, he uses up two and a half weeks to write everything when there's only three weeks, but he can deliver under pressure. Because some some of the work that the deadlines he had to meet was some you know quite stressful, I would say, but he managed. Now you've described how Joseph Koo came from this talented and artistic family, and that he starts out on the piano and then has this opportunity also to study further at Berkeley. But、um, does he ever talk to you about what his own influences were? What what had he listened to prior to deciding to go into a career in music? Well, he was greatly influenced by the Filipinos in Hong Kong, the musicians, and they played a lot of Latin stuff、uh, because the the nightclubs that、um, they work in, like the Latin Quarter, the the Savoy, always influenced by music from America and also South America. So, like、uh, the one note samba,、um, uh, boy from Ipanema, that sort of stuff. They played a lot of that stuff because it was good for dancing. Boy, you'll、so、go. <laughs> 
Well, I would sing boy, but ah. some others some others will sing it as girl. Right? Of course, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but Joseph would also he was also very very keen on jazz. He listens to to jazz, but he's not classically trained. So I would say sometimes I remember I I did a concert in Vancouver and he came as my special guest and played the piano for me for one song. And I remember he panicking saying, "Oh, I've got to practice this. I've got to practice this." I said, "Joseph, you don't have to practice this. This is your one of your own songs." Oh, no, no, I've got to practice this. He said, <laughs> "But that's him, you know, very professional." Francis Yip there, who I'll be returning to later in the program. Big band leader Andrew Toisson is also a composer and arranger, and has worked with many of the canto pop greats here. His father, as he's about to tell us, was Badding Toisson, who was the musical director at the Hong Kong Hilton, where Andrew would grow up knowing Uncle Joseph, as in Joseph Koo, who would become his mentor. My father was Bading Tuasen. He's the music director at the Hilton Hotel. My father and Joseph, they're friends. When I was still very young, in the 60s, my father and Joseph sometimes they're working together. Like my father helping Joseph to arrange some movie scores like that. So that means we we knew Joseph when I was very young. So we used to call him Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe like that. I start working at the Hilton Hotel with my father, right, for about two years, and then. I was thinking I'd like to work the line of Joseph Koo in the recording business, concerts, things like that. So I went up to his house and、uh, asked him, "Do you need assistant? Maybe I can help you、uh, in some way." First time I went up there, he turned me down. He said, "Oh no, I have somebody helping me, so it's not necessary because I'm a little bit down because of this." Then after a year, maybe less than a year. I call him again, Uncle Joe. Do you need assistance? Maybe I can help you. Anything, you know, just anything. And then he said, "Oh, okay. Now I, I think I, I need your help because I, I have more things to do, more projects. So, so I start with him in 1982. So this is how I, I work together with him as an assistant, and he's the one I can say he's the key guy to is a stepping stone. For me to in, into this music industry in Hong Kong,、yes. jo- Joseph Koo. So、yes. you start working with Joseph Koo when you're about twenty. So when you when you said that you went up to his house, where did he live in Hong Kong? Oh, we live very close to each other in Hormantin. So he live in this apartment is just minutes of walk from my、oh, right. from where we live. Yeah. So you knew him growing up as Uncle Joe、uh, when your father was musical director at the Hilton, and.、Yes. So, when you're, you know, later on in life, when you're in your early twenties, you've decided, right? Okay, yes, I'd like to go into the recording business. You're working with Joseph Koo as an assistant. So, what did he have you running around doing, or were you helping him? Sort of, were you in the studio with him, or helping with compositions?、Yeah. Or tell me about that. Okay, at the very beginning, because I was still young and not that experienced, so basically, I'm just helping him, like for example. 
copying the score from his score to each individual instrument, just like a copyist. And then later on, when he go to the studio to record, I'll be the one to play the keyboard. Oh, right. Uh, play the piano. Uh, yeah, because I'm a pianist, right? Yes. So then after few months, he will let me to try to arrange something, some simple things. Like, for example, the TV program, each TV, the drama series, for example, he composed a main theme song for the drama. And then the, that drama will need some mood music, they call it mood music, like happy mood, sad mood, intense mood, something like that. So he will let me to try, okay, Andrew, you do, do some mood music for me, just out of this melody, okay? So this is how I start. So what kind of TV series? Was it things like The Bund or... Tell me what TV you know, series... You know, um, all the TV drama, you know, mm. TVB, TVB drama. Because Joseph composed a lot of TVB drama theme song, right? In each theme song becomes a hit. Mm. Uh, who, whoever sang that song will become famous. So this is the, the theme. So I, uh, he will ask me to do some music out of it. So, uh, each, so, time, each time, yeah. So you would take the main the main melody that he'd used. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then made into a, like <laughs> a like a scoring. Yes. Score. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this is how it started. And then because I went with him to all the studios, I mean record company to recording, and then the record company producers start to noticing me. Oh, so he's your new guy, huh? and then very soon the producer will call me to ask me to to really to arrange some songs for some artists of them in the album so he's he's really the stepping stone <laughs> yes into the music business for you along yes. with your father presumably yeah the, the basic training to become a pianist is with my dad and then with joseph is like to arrange and into the recording business you've described uh, joseph ku as your mentor was he quite yes. demanding? Was he, you know, the fact is okay. also because you're going from Uncle Joe into somebody who's your boss. Yes. Joseph is one of a kind. He has zero temper. You know, he never get really, if he really get angry, he never shout or make you feel very bad or like that. So he's really a very nice guy. I've never seen a guy work in the music business have this kind of temper. I never saw him you know, shout to somebody because yes, they do something wrong. Mm. You know, or if, if I'm late, hey, don't be late again, okay? Like that, just like that. Did it so, make you work harder for him? Yes. I mean, he never like teach you something uh, directly. What he used to do is, if I'm arranging some score for the string orchestra like that, so when the time of the recording, so I will be the one who conduct my own part. So when he hears something wrong and something not right, and then he will come to me. Can I look at your score? And then, oh, he, he will point out what's wrong. So this is the way he teach you. So it's more on the job training and what a, a superb creative environment and the fact that he trusted you very early on by the sound of it. Yes, yes. Now, after he died at the age of 92 recently, I was looking at your mm. Facebook page and I saw some lovely photographs of you were those um tribute concerts to him i can see you yeah with, yeah tell me about that oh yeah that that, that was really it's a very good memory for for me that was i think his the last two concert before he really uh, officially retired uh, is 2012 yeah so that is his uh 
one of his also his concert to play all his songs and all the singers, Francis Yip, Johnny Yip, everybody, so many artists. And I was the musical director for him. Wonderful. And then uh, in the beginning, he conduct his opening instrumental part. He conduct, uh, it's like a medley of all his hit songs. So after that, I came out and then I walked towards him and he hand me the the baton, he hand me the baton, so I will be the one who take over. So it's really very meaningful. Like, and then and he he will sit down and enjoy the show until the end. What would you have said later on in your relationship with Joseph Koo? What kind of collaborations on these kind of TV theme songs are you having? Well, I worked closely with him for another four or five years with, uh, you know, a dozen or so of these theme songs at least. And then there was still other, he was still writing jingles and, and mu- movie musics, you know, so we did a fair amount together. And then later on when he decided he would move to Vancouver, he would sometimes, when I'm in Vancouver, we would work together on a concert together. So I, I haven't really stopped seeing him or working with him. And Whenever we get a chance to meet in Hong Kong, we'd, we'd have a cup of tea or, you know, have a chat. And, and if he's got some special project with me in mind, he'd ring me and then I'd turn up. So we've got this very happy working relationship for a long, long time. Yeah, and he is really a dear, dear friend and a mentor. Below the Lion Rock is often regarded as Hong Kong's unofficial song, and many Hong Kongers love this theme song from a local television series created by RTHK in 1972. Would you arguably say that Under the Lion Rock is his, is his most famous theme tune? Yes, that, that song really, really, uh, it's very, very evocative with everybody in Hong Kong. And people really, really love that song because it is us. It's everything about us, how we live together, how we build this place, how we're going to be resilient and and rebuild it, you know. So even now, it's appropriate. It's It would never be out of date, that song. It's phenomenal. A big thank you to Frances Yip for sharing her memories of a 40-year partnership with Joseph Koo Karfai, who died this month, aged 92, but has left us with so many songs and compositions to remember him by. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.
手，踏平崎岖，我哋大家用艰辛努力。